0: Hello, everybody. Today, we are joined by the CEO of the Diversion Center, Derek Collins, and we're going to be discussing how to add court-mandated services to your practice. So I'd like to welcome you to the uh, show today, Mr. Collins. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Dr. Snipes. Excellent.
0: Um, So let's just kind of jump into the nitty gritty. Um, We talked a little bit about how court mandated services are one of my favorite things to do. Um, That's where I started. And, you know, a lot of people that I've worked with over the 20 some odd years I've been in practice have had some court-related stuff, you know, and that kind of comes part and parcel a lot of times with working in substance abuse and co-occurring disorders. But a lot of people aren't really aware of um, the market, if you will, for this, these type of services. I mean, some people think of DUI services, but then they forget all of the other stuff. So let's just start out. How did you get started working with court-mandated clients?
1: Well, that's a very long story, and I'm going to try to condense it as much as possible. Sure. Um, Back in 2004, I was arrested for selling bootleg DVDs and CDs and had to take some court-mandated classes myself. I did an alcohol and drug evaluation, uh, tested positive for cocaine, and then had to take 24 weeks of classes um, during pretrial. And it changed my life it got me on the right path. And then I decided I'm gonna do this work when I get my life together and get things figured out. I told my counselor that this is what I wanted to do. And he's like, no, you don't wanna do this. I'm like, yes, this is what I wanna do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, I had already had my bachelor's degree in psychology. I just needed to go get my master's. And um, uh, fast forward, maybe 10 years later, uh, I started my program and um, the rest is history.
0: Well, that was very condensed. Um, And I'm (laughs) gonna go a little bit out of order on some of the questions I wanted to ask you, because you were saying you uh, had your bachelor's and then you got your master's degree. I'm wondering, in order to facilitate some of the court-mandated services, the anger management classes, the domestic violence intervention classes, do you need to have a master's degree, or can somebody, for example, a retired probation officer, um, also get into this field?
1: That's the beauty of this field. You're able to give people opportunities that do not have their master's degree or even um, uh, a credential to get started uh you can teach with a bachelor's degree you can be a probation officer and facilitate these classes um i always recommend that people get specialized training in anger management or parenting or mm-hmm. um you know domestic violence but other than that yes you can um these are these classes are considered psychoeducation and not therapy so you do not have to be a licensed therapist to teach these classes
0: Right, right. And one of the beauties um, with what you offer is you also have the private label workbooks that help step people through the curriculum. So it's not like somebody just has to come up with a curriculum cold and make sure they're covering everything.
1: Yes, um, you can go to privatelabelworkbooks.com and we, have, we offer workbook downloads for anger management, substance abuse, domestic violence, shoplifting and theft addiction, and PowerPoints, if you need help facilitating your classes, so you don't have to fill, uh, figure everything out for yourself. Absolutely,
0: super neat. So, what is some of the what are what is the biggest barrier that stops people from getting into this field, and how do you overcome it?
1: The biggest barrier, in my opinion, is fear. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to get started and start their own private practice, and there's nothing to be afraid of. They're afraid of messing things up, and I, I tell you that that has to be the number one barrier. Um, I don't know why it's such, but I think people get nervous when they are thinking about working with anything legal
0: mm-hmm. or
1: probation. And I tell my uh, coaching clients, I tell them, Hey, don't be nervous. You're not the one in trouble. You're not the one on, on probation. You know? Right. So there's nothing to worry about. You're here to help them out. You're here to provide a service and help your community and um, help someone get a second chance.
0: Right. So they're more in the, and and I know you said it's psychoeducation, but basically it's more a role of a teacher. You're not a therapist. You're not a counselor. You're not having to take on um, some of those high liability things. You are merely educating people about skills and tools that they may need to get their life turned around.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, there is a, a counseling component to it. If you choose to, um, as far as like substance abuse group, um, Mm -hmm. that's definitely uh, counseling involved, as well as um, some clients may want to see you individually for uh, counseling after they finish their uh, court mandated program.
0: Right, right. Um, Now, if they're going through a court court mandated program, they finish that, they want to continue to see you you know assuming you're not diagnosing or treating anything you're just helping them continue on their way to um a rich and meaningful life as they define it how i usually say it um that may be considered coaching would you yes yeah.
1: yes if you're not a therapist
0: right right yes, so so you're yes. still not um necessarily running into barriers there as long mm-hmm. as you're aware of your scope of practice and stay in your lane so to speak
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Majority of people that do this work are um, licensed therapists. So they're not, you know, dealing with those issues of not um, getting into a different scope or uh, violating ethics or anything of that nature. But um, I highly recommend that if you're like a LCSW, uh, LMFT, LPC, uh, CADC uh, and all the letters that I cannot think about right now, (laughs) Yeah, the alphabet soup um, is, is a great way to make a living. Um, I make a lot of uh, my income through evaluations and um, I highly recommend that you do it. It's fulfilling work. Uh, I love seeing the change that you can uh, bring into people's lives. And I like it when they're basically they get that aha moment. And um, it's, it's very rewarding work if you choose to do it and there's different facets of it. It's just not the DUI school. A lot of people just think there's just DUI school um, and defensive driving, but you have anger management, you have parenting, you have uh, domestic violence, you have shoplifting, you have MRT, you have uh, values clarification, uh, cognitive skills, uh, life skills, you name it. There's so many different court mandated classes and it just depends on what city and state that you're in, because every city and every county has different requirements and have different classes that they offer.
0: Do, have you ever seen um, a, a court require for somebody who is getting out of jail or prison? Have they? Have you ever seen them mandate classes in, for example, cognitive and life skills to prevent recidivism?
1: Yes, absolutely. That happens. We have a life skills class right now that we're running Um in one of my offices and that is definitely a need. And um, yes, a court can require that. Um, Also a probation officer can require that. And um, it just all all depends on what the court or city or state or probation or pretrial diversion is ordering for uh, for the probationer to do.
0: Right, right. And one of the things that I really liked or enjoyed when I was working with that group, not only was it a, a group that, was somewhat challenging sometimes, so it always kept me on my toes, but since they are involved with the legal system, there are some consequences, and most of the people that are in the classes want to get off probation, want to get off parole, off papers, as they say, and because of that, it makes it easier, in my mind, to form an alliance because we're both meeting and we're saying, okay, I want to help you get off off probation, and you want to get off probation. So let's talk about how we can work together to make this happen.
1: Yes, that's absolutely uh, true. Uh, A lot of people are are afraid that they're going to have trouble with these clients, and the clients are not going to be really motivated to get things done. Uh, Yes, you're going to have people that are not motivated, but at the same time, they're trying to get off of probation. They're not trying to get into more trouble. They want to move on with their life. So. They'll be motivated motivated to get their uh, requirements done and uh get off of probation or off of pre-trial and right. there's a little bit of you know even being on pre-trial because if you're on pretrial and you complete your classes then your uh, arrest gets removed from your record and that's awesome that's awesome
0: right you know? right i remember i had one client that i worked with many many years ago that was using substances and had a hard time envisioning life without substances. And instead of approaching it from the hardcore, you've got to abstain and abstain forever. And, you know, which feels overwhelming. You know, we talked about, well, to get off papers, you've got to stay clean. And he, he still had like 18 months And by the time you finish 18 months clean, you've made a lot of life changes if you've been able to do that. Um, And and so a lot of it revolves around taking the psychoeducation and incorporating some motivational interviewing to really help the person who has often not felt an alliance with people in the system um, to help them recognize that, hey, this person really wants to help me make steps forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, MI is definitely needed. Um, And, uh, you know, some CBT and, uh, you know, just a person that shows that you're willing to help. You know, if you're a person that's willing to help and you're genuine, I tell people all the time, I said, do not approach this like a hustle because some people just approach this as a hustle to get rich. No, you do not do that. You know, they're like, I'm just going to. Work with court mandated clients. and I'm gonna make all this money and and do all that. No, you're you're there to serve. You're there to serve. You're there to make a difference. And if you do well, the money will come. Mm -hmm. But if you're one of those people that just money first, and you're not trying to serve the client, and you're not trying to help uh, the client get good outcomes, then you'll be out of business in no time.
0: That's one thing that one thing I did notice, and I think it's probably true even in Georgia, where it's more metropolitan than where I was down in Gainesville, Florida, but you get a reputation, and I quickly developed a reputation among the people who are on probation and parole, and even, you know, just involved in the substance abuse community of someone who wanted to help, as opposed to other people And I know there were a couple of probation officers that I worked with that were the same way. They were known to be tough, but supportive and fair. And then there were others that were thought to be just kind of drawn a paycheck. And they do talk. I mean, people do talk among, among themselves. And so it is important to make sure you communicate that you're of service. and and fulfill your promises and all those ethical things that we talk about.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You have to protect your uh, reputation at all costs. Uh, The clients talk, probation officers talk, um, and you can control the narrative if you want to. You know, if you're a good counselor, if you're a good provider, then man, some of your best business will come to you due to word of mouth. You know, attorneys will refer to you. And that's one of the things that I wish I would have learned early on um, when I first started. I wish I would have networked more my first couple of years in business because uh, if people don't know you, they can't flow you. And um, I think it's very important to uh, have a great reputation, uh, be fair, firm, and consistent, and um, be also timely because the probation officers, they want their evaluations in a timely manner,
0: the mm-hmm. client's
1: their evaluations in a timely manner, um, you do not want to be that provider that takes all day to submit a status update report to the probation officer. And um, for those that are watching that don't know what a status update is, it's basically a record of how many classes that your client has completed to know that, the, that your client is in compliance with their um, treatment plan. So um, you definitely want to be on a good side of probation.
0: Exactly, exactly, because they can be your best advocate. Well, the clients can be too. I'm not sure which one's your <laughs> best, but if one of them goes against you, it's bad. Um, now you've talked about assessments, you've talked, or evaluations, you've talked about uh, the psychoed classes, but I also saw on your website that you offer drug screening. What other services might be involved in um, somebody who wants to start a practice surrounding court-mandated services?
1: Um, Mainly classes. Uh, You have classes, uh, you have evaluations. There's all kinds of different evaluations. At my office, we offer uh, immigration evaluations, uh, mental health evaluations, uh, substance abuse evaluations for DUIs and non-DUIs. We also do substance abuse evaluations for custody cases. If they need me to go into a facility, sometimes the client may be incarcerated and I will go into a facility and uh, do their evaluation while they're locked up. Um, We also do provide drug testing as well, uh, alcohol testing. We also do uh, SAF evaluations um, Mm -hmm. for the DOT. And um, there's many different uh, things that you can do. Uh, I always believe in having multiple streams of income Mm -hmm. Uh, especially during a pandemic (laughs) and you just want to diversify you want to have different offerings um uh I do um I have coaching I coach therapists that want to get into into this business and learn how to get started I -hmm. do have that program as well and um yeah we do a number of things at our office
0: excellent um do you have to have medical staff on board in order to do the urine screens for the CLIA wave things? Or are you able to do that without having medical staff?
1: No medical staff needed. We use a, a six panel a drug, a drug screen and uh, not needed at all. We use a, also an ETG for the alcohol testing. Um, so it's very quick, very fast. You do not need a medical staff to do those. And we confirm the a test right there on the spot at our office.
0: Excellent, excellent. And those have actually come way down in price over the years. So it's not, that's not another barrier that somebody has to worry about if they want to work with this particular population. Um, who pays for the court mandated classes?
1: The client does. And um, that's the best part about this business for me. I've been in business now for 10 years, I've never billed insurance. I I wouldn't know the first thing to do with that. Um, All the clients are self pay and um, there's a rare occasion where sometimes uh, uh, maybe DFACs may pay for their classes, Um, Department of Family and uh, Children's Services. They may pay for their classes, but that's extremely rare. Um, But everyone that comes to me, 99.9% of the people are self-pay.
0: Well, that makes it that makes it a lot easier, and I assume they pay for their own drug testing as well.
1: Yes, they pay for their drug testing. Then they pay every day. Um, well, not every day, but every day that they have a service. So every day mm-hmm. that they have a group, they pay. Every day that they have a drug test, they pay. Um, so you know, you don't have to wait to get paid. Basically, get paid every day.
0: Right, which you know make makes it a lot easier in to know what your what income streams are working for you and which ones aren't
1: yeah it's, it's definitely a niche. go ahead oh sorry oh okay it's definitely a niche you know it's, it's something that most people do not want to talk about or want to share with each other but yeah it's a great way to uh get started or add you know an additional service to your current um private practice
0: right and and A lot of times people need to get their assessments done quickly. And I know around here in Nashville, uh, when it comes to doing uh, DUI assessments, that the wait can be weeks before people can get in. Uh, So there's clearly a market here to um, offer those sorts of services for for people who are are in this area. Uh, How do you do market research? Um, in order to find out, you know, is this needed here? Because some people may think, oh, you know, I live th- live in a small town, and nobody needs that service.
1: Wow, that's a that's a that's an interesting question. I believe um, you you try to go for places that you know. I hate to say this, but there's high crime, mm-hmm. or uh, you know where there's a high a high population, a large population of people. Because the the stuff is happening, mm-hmm. it's just not advertised. You don't see people advertising, you know, in on big bright letters that we have this DUI school and we're offering anger management. No, um, people find these services online. The office or the offices are don't have big signs on them saying, "Hey, anger management classes here," but they are being offered. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if there's a probation in your city. Uh, there's some classes that are being done. Um, there's some evaluations that are being done. And uh, do not worry about that. Just get started and open up your practice. Start your practice and get it going. Because I I believe it's in every city, in every state, and don't worry about if it's going on. Because that's, once again, that's the number one thing that comes to mind when people struggle to get started in that sphere. Mm-hmm. They start with what if-isms. What is yeah. this? What is that? No, <laughs> get started and just. I always tell people, you want to put your. Here's a pro tip: you want to put your office near a probation office, or a courthouse, or across the street from the probation, down the street from the probation office, or on a main street that everyone knows. Put your office on a main street on the that everyone knows. And then you'll get a ton of clients in addition to that your website or your seo your search engine optimization needs to be on point so they need to be able to find you on their phones on a huh. google search Good so point. if they can't find you on google then you're not going to have a lot of business in my opinion and you want to depend you do not want to depend on one traffic source so a lot of providers, unfortunately, they depend on one traffic source, and that one traffic source could be probation. They want to be added to the probation officer's list. That's fine and dandy, but guess what? Our clients usually get that list and then they lose it, and then the first thing they go to is their phone to look up a look up a, a look up a provider that is offering anger management classes or domestic violence classes or evaluations. So your website needs to be on point your website needs to be clean it looks it needs to be professional and in my opinion you also want to have a video on your website explaining the process because our generation that we're working with is between 18 and 30 and they're the instagram generation (laughs) they're used to watching videos they don't want to read too much so i try to have a video on every page of my website if possible you know
0: those are a lot of really good pro tips. I hadn't, I don't know why it hadn't occurred to, hadn't occurred to me to have an office next to probation and parole. Um, but that would, that obviously totally makes sense because people have to go there weekly, monthly, whatever, and you're going to get a lot of foot traffic um, and obviously Google. Everybody yeah. has to have their Google list thing. But um, now I know you've got, for people who are interested in adding this to their practice, you've got a class coming up in a couple of days. Where can yes. people get more information?
1: Yes, uh, you can go to um, the Diversion Center, T H E D I V E R S I O N C E N T E R dot com, the diversion center dot com. And uh, we have a, a class coming up, uh, Zoom training, how to start a court mandated business uh, on uh, November 14th. In addition to, we have a, a online training that you can start uh, automatically, and um, it doesn't matter when you start and you can enroll into that program. Well, I'll basically give you a business in a box that will show you how to start your program as eight coaching videos, um, four workbooks to start your program, paperwork to start your program, basically a business in a box that will get you up and running if you're really serious about doing this work and everything you need to get going. But yes, we have the Zoom training uh, coming up on uh, Sunday. It'll be from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, I look forward to doing it and helping those get started with their programs.
0: Excellent. And for those of you who are watching, you can find that link in the notes section of the video. Well, I appreciate you being with me today, Mr. Hollins. Is there any last things that you, words of wisdom that you want to offer to people?
1: Yes, uh, basically, I'll just go by my college motto, uh, find a way or make a way.
0: I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for being with me today.